when 2024 rolls around, it'll not only be USC, UCLA, and Oregon entering, but the University of Washington as well. And the outstanding play-by-play voice of Washington football is uh, Tony Castricone. Tony, welcome. It is great to have you with us. Hey, thanks, Steve. I appreciate the invite. And um, I don't know. I mean, you've probably been on plenty of these flights before. Maybe you could tell me, how do we get to State College? <laughs> Actually, you'll fly right into State if you're on the, If you're with the well, team, wonderful. you'll fly right into State College. Okay, well, that's easy. Uh, you know, I think... I think for the football team, possibly for the basketball team, um, you know, that's that's great. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how all these other highly competitive Olympic sports, um, you know, travel around in all these situations. But this is the, the brave new world of college athletics. And, I mean, I just – I think the Huskies are uh, not only incredibly fortunate but also incredibly excited to be aligning with a conference that just has – you know, as much tradition and success in every single way as, as the Big Ten has. And it's, it's I mean, there's a lot of, of sadness and, and just confusion and disappointment that what's had to happen has happened. And yet at the same time, um, I mean, I think there's tremendous days ahead here for the Huskies. We're really excited. Tony, what was it like over the past year watching this play out? in public all the time, you know, whether it's UCLA in December and finally, you know, they reached some deal with Cal or going to the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas and there's no deal and you go to the big Pac-12 media day, there's no deal. What's it been like for you watching this play out? I think I've put a lot of thought into that over the last couple of days since, you know, the dramatic events of Friday have, have become formalized and, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are, like, really, again, kind of confused and, and maybe even a little upset that um, the Pac-12 has disintegrated, that it's essentially dead. Um, and and so there's, there's kind of like a, a mourning and a grieving process going on for, for people who have been fans of a Husky team and a Husky program that's been aligned with that conference for 108 years. And the way that I'm kind of processing it is – it, it is it is a death of sorts, but like there was a, a terminal diagnosis that was leveled 13 months ago, and and I think some people also kind of saw at that point when USC and UCLA decided to move on that okay, there's no way in in the short to medium term this might seem somewhat normal, but there's no way in the long term this uh, stays the way that it is just the way the college sports continues to evolve and so you know i think some people begin to move on and, and i think some people you know you you go back and look five years back you, you could kind of start to see some signs of unhealth and and so you know i i think washington's a really proud program proud tradition two national championships um and then has really been resurrected in the past decade with Chris Peterson being here and now Kalen DeBoer doing a fantastic job going 11-2 and two in his first year. And I, I just think there are some people around Washington and, and likely also around Oregon and USC that kind of got tired of the Pac-12 being, a, you know, a, a, a bit of a, a punchline in college football you know it's known for the after dark zaniness it's known for <laughs> it's known for whatever but what what it's not really known for recently 
is winning national championships. And I think there's a, a deep hunger and desire to be competing at the highest level, you know, from a lot of programs out here. And so I think there's this great hope and anticipation that aligning with the Big Ten will really level the playing field in a lot of ways. And we're not just going to be, you know, I mean, Steve, I'll tell you some stories like, you know, my first year out here, we had a really meaningful mid-November game on the road at Stanford. And anytime you play at Stanford, there's five to 10,000 people in the stands. I mean, it's just, that's, that's right. it doesn't even matter if they're good. Like, that's just kind of what it is there. And we were on FS1 on a Friday night playing that game. And our fans, like, I'm looking at social media as the game's going on, our fans are losing their mind. And I'm like, why, why is everybody so upset? It's because there was a truck race on FS1 that <laughs> was airing instead of Washington Stanford. And it's, it's like that's the kind of stuff that doesn't happen 3.30 on CBS. That doesn't happen on NBC whenever they're going to play the primetime games. And so that's where I just really feel like those are the kind of things that the Washingtons, the Oregons, the USC's, the teams that aspire to play college football at the highest level – they're really, really excited about now having that true, um, you know, I mean, being that billboard on the side of the highway in college football now, uh, really going to have the attention and the eyeballs on them. No question. Uh, Tony, in 83, when Washington played Penn State in the Aloha Bowl, I was the third announcer on the network at that time, so they, we were allowed to send one, and it was Gil Santos, the play-by-play guy, and the Washington – Penn State broadcast was split between the two play-by-play guys. Obviously, the 2017 Fiesta Bowl, I did that game. Uh, But also means that Penn State has never played a game at Husky Stadium. So tell everybody here what Husky Stadium is like on a game day, considering the fans here have never really experienced it before. You know what, Steve? I think, and i got to check the record book, I think Penn State played the first ever game at Husky Stadium in 1920. How about and it, that? It, it, might, it might have been the second game. I, I can't remember. But uh, it was, like, way, way back. And um, it, is, it is unlike anything. I mean, we call it the greatest setting in college football. Uh, if you get here in September or October before the cloud, the gray, kind of settles in for a good six months, uh, it's spectacular. You've got the sailgating off to the right. I'm, I'm watching practice right now, so I'm in the stadium, and I'm looking off to my right, Lake Washington. You'll have yeah. sunshine. You'll have hundreds of boats out there. Off to the left is campus. And then beyond that, with all of the, uh, you know, enormous Pacific Northwest Pines, you've got uh, off to the right, you've got the Cascade Mountains. Off to the left, you've got the Olympics. They're always snow-capped. And then back behind the stadium and from the press box, a spectacular view of Mount Rainier, which is the most prominent mountain in the lower 48 states. And so you, it, you, you really truly have something special, not just in the setting, but then these cantilever roofs that are put on both ends intended to keep the fans dry as much as it rains, but it also <laughs> keeps the noise in. And yeah. so it's just 70,000 people screaming off of a lot of aluminum, and it's really as loud as any other place in college football. It is something I personally can't wait to see uh, because I've seen it on TV so many times, especially the sailgating part, which I think is... Look, you'll love... When you come here, Tony, you're going to love the scene of the tailgating around here. 
I mean, you're gonna, you're, it's going to be unbelievable. It won't be sailgating. Yeah. <laughs> we have Spring Creek, and you can't even put a little boat on there. Uh, but uh, you're going to find that to be phenomenal when you come here. The mountains aren't as high, by the way, but we have mountains. Yeah. Uh, well, you're going well, di- to discover when you go other places there aren't any mountains. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, we have 100. And I grew up in Ohio, by the way, so I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with Penn State and the Midwest yeah. and everything. And sure. As this whole news came out, I mean, I kind of just spent some time on YouTube watching videos of the whiteouts against Auburn that you guys had a couple years ago and, and watching yeah. Jump Around and, and Camp Randall and watching, you know, Iowa's traditions with the Children's Hospital. And, I mean, it's this kind of stuff that, like, you, it generates goosebumps, really, truly, to know that, like, okay, that's what we're going to step into. So we're, we're thrilled. We're excited. Um, it is – I mean, just imagine if Penn State was leaving – to join the Pac-12, like, like yeah. imagine how weird that would be. Like, there's a lot of weirdness and, and a little bit of upset that this even has to happen, and sadness, and the loss of tradition. But also, there's just a lot of excitement for the future. Yeah, no, no question about that. Um, so let's get to the other part of campus because this is a multi sport deal and part of that also means that instead of just playing at Husky Stadium for football that means it's uh, Heck Edmondson Pavilion. I guess it's been renovated 10,000 and I understand the fans are right on top of the court what's the atmosphere like in there? Super intimate it's um, you know I I think uh, it's kind of got the charm of like a Cameron Indoor um, you know, I, now the, the team has to be super competitive in order for it to be that ruckus. Right. But it's it's kind of a combination of the Cameron Indoor intimacy and kind of the Hinkle Fieldhouse with you're, you're just kind of almost in a cathedral mm-hmm. college basketball. It yeah. was erected in 1927. It still has natural daylight that comes in through these arched windows that are up there. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a really cool – and the way that UW is set up, so the football stadium's right on the lake. You can see that. But that's the entire athletic complex. So the softball stadium's on the water. The baseball stadium's on the water. And there's a tunnel that actually connects. The tunnel the football team runs down onto the field, that same tunnel actually connects to the basketball arena. So on those doubleheader days I have in November, I mean, I just, like, literally, like, I, I just walk from one to the next. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Center's across the street from uh... – Beaver Stadium and that tunnel thing—that's that's the way Virginia Tech set up, right? Castle Coliseum, right at the Lane Stadium. You just got to go through the back and tunnel through. You're in. Uh, so now you talk about the loss of tradition. Now, the Apple Cup TV networks care deeply about a Washington Penn State game because it's going to bring the casual fan to the table. A casual fan probably is not going to go to the table to watch Washington, Washington State. But from Spokane to Seattle to Tacoma to Bellingham, they do. Uh, What's the meaning of that game, and will Washington continue to go to Pullman and play that game? You know, if you're looking for a Big Ten analogy, uh, I always kind of felt like Washington, Oregon is kind of like Michigan, Ohio State. But then Washington, Washington State is kind of like Michigan, Michigan State. Like there's a real big brother, little brother kind of feel going on. And it's also kind of like in the in the state of Washington, 
it's a lot of Huskies that marry Cougs. There's a lot of, you know, people that are high school friends and then they go to the two separate colleges, right? And so these are just deep, deep ties um, where I, I think everybody in the state wants to see that game continue to be played. Honestly, Steve, I know there's an appetite on Washington's part to pursue it. I don't know how Washington State feels at this moment. I think any, you know, feeling would be valid <laughs> given given right. what's going on out here. But w- the question I have is in a world where it's so important for a football team to play seven home games for the athletic revenue, um, you know, we're going to probably play nine conference games in the Big Ten. Some years that would be yep. five at home. Some years that would be four. Well, right. what do you, how, do, how do you do a home-and-home home with anybody non-conference in that scenario and, and guarantee that you're going to get the seven home games, right? Like, I mean, I, I, just, I just don't know. Um, if, if you were to do the home-and-home home on a year where um, it, 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 it was going to – I don't know. It's just a lot to figure out. Uh, hard to explain, but just a lot to figure out, and yeah. I really don't know which way it's going to go. I've even heard some rumors that they might play ten conference games in the Big Ten. So, who who knows where this thing's going? But mm-hmm. I'll tell you this: the Apple Cup is a super meaningful rivalry, and and I know that Husky fans want to try to continue it. What is the atmosphere like usually leading up to a Washington Oregon game? Hmm. Atmosphere is is kind of hard. It's it's kind of hard to describe. I just know, like, as far as that feeling close to the program, um, it's like it's the two teams and the fan bases really res- or the two teams really respect each other, but the fan bases kind of hate each other. And <laughs> I, I mean, I I really yep. that's why I draw that Michigan Ohio State comparison because yeah. like they can't stand each other, and yeah. I think. I think it's different from Michigan, Michigan State and Washington, Washington State. Like, there's like a familial thing to that rivalry, sure. where Washington and Oregon is just kind of hatred. And so, um, you know, there's there's a couple iconic plays in the program's history. Um, you know, Washington was by far the better program from the beginning of time until like 1994, and then right. Oregon all of a sudden kind of turned things around. But, you know, there's, there's a play in, in 1994 where um, Kenny Wheaton intercepts a goal line pass, runs it back for a touchdown when the Huskies were on the door of winning the game. And they play that video 20 times whenever we're in Austin Stadium. And then, conversely, we like when Jake Browning pointed, pointed at the Oregon players, he waltzed <laughs> into the end zone. So, like, there's just that level of animosity yeah. between the two. And that's what makes it really fun. And now it might be the final game of the season every year. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, that, that 94 team played Penn State in the Rose Bowl. That's right. As a matter of fact, yeah, and Penn State completed its undefeated season. Uh, this Washington football team this year, and you mentioned you're at practice, Kalen DeBoer, formerly offensive coordinator at Indiana. Michael Penix was his quarterback, so Penn State fans have seen him play several times. Uh, this is a college football playoff contender this year why well so it's kind of unprecedented from what i've seen but they had eight draft eligible players that all could have been picked and all eight decided to come back 
And so the offense is going to be spectacular. They do lose three seniors on the offensive line, um, but they've got some depth at that position. So I think as long as they stay healthy at those key positions, I mean, Penix has a history of injuries, and that's, that's going to be huge. But um, as long as they stay healthy, they should be great on the offensive side. I think defensively, they're going to take a real big step forward. Um, it was kind of an uncharacteristic year last year, decimated by injuries, had some losses in the transfer portal be- before the season. I think they've built that up. They got a, an all-Big 12 cornerback from Oklahoma State who transferred in, uh, a really good veteran linebacker from USC transferred in, and then they're getting healthy at some spots with some of their really talented players that – that weren't able to be a full go last year. So big expectations, but also way harder schedule than a year ago. So, you know, those things balance out. And last year the Huskies were 11-2, and two, but, but, you know, literally just one possession away in their two losses on the road. So, you know, can they be that close? And then you, you're in those close games, then it comes down to hey, a couple plays here and there. But it's a tough schedule. I mean – I also wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe take a step back in the win-loss column, but even be a better team. And and I think the focus for these Huskies is just, you know, they're all saying they want to win the national championship, but I know the team goal is they want to win the final Pac-12 season. Obviously in basketball, you'll end up going everywhere. But in football this particular year, you do have to play at Stanford. You have to play at Oregon State. Um, you also have the game at USC, so that, 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 but that's not going to enter into this question. You've got to play at Michigan State, too. And you have to play at Arizona. Have you, do you think it might be surreal, especially when you go to Corvallis, because it's the last time? Yeah. There, you're absolutely right, Steve. And you, you picked up on it in a way that, like, I don't even know what it's going to feel like to go into that stadium for the final time, knowing that we're probably never coming back here. But that's the case for every conference road game except USC, you know. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it goes this season. So um, it's it's strange, but um, those are tough places. Uh, it's it, The Huskies historically have a hard time winning in the desert. Corvallis is tricky for everybody in the Pac-12. It is, it is going to be an interesting season, to say the least. Tony, you do a – one thing about SiriusXM, we get to hear everybody. You do a phenomenal job. I cannot wait to uh, get into stadiums and share stadiums with you because uh, I, it's, I think this is going to be exciting as the years go by. I'm flattered. Thank you for saying that. I look up to you, and, and uh, good luck. Can't wait till we uh, get to meet in person. Have a great season, Tony. Look forward to it. This will be far from the last time we talk. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Go dog. Thanks. <laughs> Tony Castricone, the play-by-play voice of Washington.